0: at firehouse subs a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders we make our subs differently because our subs make a difference like our italian sub piled high with genoa salami pepperoni and virginia honey ham or our firehouse meatball sub with zesty marinara both with melted provolone and italian seasoning your choice just 6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at firehouse subs tap the banner now to start your order Welcome back, everyone. This is The Xone. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to uh, check us out online, www.exxoneradiotv.com on all social media sites, Xone Radio TV. And to find out what programming we have available for you, 724-365 on The Xone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is Rick Borgia, and as soon as you meet Rick, owner of Paint Party Columbus, you'll be amazed to discover his artistic aptitude, insightful communication skills, leadership presence, and compassionate demeanor. He channels all of his talents into his confidence building, team building, inspirational painting parties, which are built upon his core belief that every individual deserves a moment of success. Rick Welcome back to the Exxon, and tell me more about these paint parties.
3: <laughs> well, hi there, Robin. Uh, thank you for having me on tonight, and um, hello to all the Exxon fans out there. Uh, the paint party, paint parties have been around for about six or seven years, all across the United States, probably Canada, I'm sure, and they're generally a social, uh, social media mm-hmm. type of. Uh, of, of event where individuals will come to a bar or a restaurant and experience uh, just a getting together and have some instructor guide them through a process of creating a painting that they will then take home themselves. It's usually um, just really based upon just fun and interaction and, and experience. Uh, but what I found after doing these for a few years, mm-hmm. uh, I worked for some other companies uh, that, do, that do this, I found that there was another component uh, that, uh, that came to life uh, while uh, engaged in this process, while I was leading these, these classes. And that was where there was a joint, uh, a, 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 a sort of an endorphin rush that all of the individuals would experience simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Because it's a group creative activity, the interactions between the people uh, really started to uh, give them some extra confidence. And what what I saw at the end was that their success in creating something that they never thought they could ever do was so uplifting to them that it really empowered them to... Go on and to, to 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 have a better look at themselves as have more confidence and, and more confidence and more self self esteem uh, in, in accomplishing something as simple as painting a flower or any kind of scene and so I, what I started to do was I started to develop uh, artwork that was more instructional uh, in terms of allowing the participants to really challenge them, and because once you start to teach somebody, it's just like teaching cooking, it's like teaching yoga, it's like teaching uh, a sport. Uh, You basically have to give somebody the guidance to start so that they can have some stepping stones in order to get to the final product. And what I found was that the, uh, the, the excitement that I felt from this activity actually became something of, of uh, an uplifting feeling for me that was empowering for me to be able to share that with these with these folks and incorporate uh, many more elements of art and instructional elements of art so I've sort of it 's sort of like paint party on steroids It's sip and paint is what they call these events um, i don 't know do you have those in your in your in, in hamilton i 'm sure there's a few. Uh, no, a few I, I've iterations.
0: Never, I've never heard of this before, Rick.
3: You never heard of it, okay? No, so no. uh, so, you know, I probably could look up something and find it, find it up in your na- neck of the woods. So, um,
0: Rick, stand by. We've got to take our first sure. break. Exxon Nation, Rick Borgia is our special guest this of hour. His website is www.rickborgia.com. That's R I C K B O R G I A. dot com, and uh, Rick and I will be back on the other side of this. Two-minute break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, if you'd like to find out all about the programming we have available for you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, and you're listening to us around the world on iHeartRadio, Talkstar Radio, Mutual Broadcast Network, across Europe on Euroradio TV and Radio X and soon on the X-Zone Satellite Channel. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the x radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Guildowiaka, X-1 Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the x broadcast network by calling 213-401
4: Will the new insights be Too Good To Be True? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True,
2: Help us help a veteran make it through the night.
0: Welcome back, everyone. This is The X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell. Rick Borgia is our guest to this hour, www.rickborgia.com. Uh, Rick... Um, You've recently had a, a, serious, um, a serious heart operation. Would you like to tell us about it?
3: Well, it was, it was an amazing experience. I, uh, I was on a call to mm-hmm. service a, a computer array at, a, at an establishment. I went there at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I had a uh, pulmonary edema. Now, if you've never heard of that, that's when your lungs fill up with moisture and you cannot breathe. You're basically drowning out in the regular air. And it's, come, it's the onset of it was so fast. I was very fortunate because the place that I was, mm-hmm. they had a full uh, first aid emergency kit with the nitro pills with the whole deal. They saved my life and got the EMT there within seven and they rushed me to the hospital and stabilized me. And uh, three days later, they did open-heart surgery on me to replace a valve in my heart, which, I was, which no one knew that was defective. Up to that point, I had no warnings. There was no, no, no symptoms or anything. That, that I had the attack, I had sat in my bed, and I was contemplating the day... And I had a white light in my head, a white glowing light in my body, and it expanded all throughout my brain, in my head, in my body. And that would last for about fifteen or twenty minutes. I did not know what it what I just experienced—some kind of angelic uh, passing through me. And uh, I was very fortunate because I didn't. This this accident did not happen while I was driving at seventy miles an hour to to the location. So the actual heart operation itself, I was able to remotely view the operation as it was taking place because I prepared myself to remotely view my whole body being operated on by the doctor and they had the, they separated my rib cage, uh, they cut the sternum, they separated it, they have the little rector sets mm-hmm. that they put inside the body to hold the rib cage open and they they... It was just – the whole thing was just so science fiction and it just wow. happened like out of the clear blue. So it was almost like, wait a minute. Are you kidding? This was uh, – and there's millions, hundreds of thousands of people out there who have had this experience. We never really find out too much about the details of it because it's, it's, a, it's a very standard thing. So I was just fortunate to be able to be present with the whole experience throughout the whole thing. And I will tell you the healthcare system – that I experienced was that the highest level of care and the compassion of the people involved in taking care of me and the technology involved uh, just made for a terrific outcome. So uh, I have a very fast recovery. I am now um, just two, just a little over two months past the operation, and I have such power and such a uh, feeling of uh, well-being and a uh, feeling of wanting to get I have another chance. I have another chance. I almost died, so I am so so relieved, and also very very motivated to be part of other people's successes. However, they might. However, that might be con- considered. However, that uh, the think what that could possibly be. Whether it's a. Uh, looking at you know a, a way to advance your career, whether it's mm-hmm. looking at a way to avoid any kind of damage with your body, uh, those are the things that are that are motivating me now. And inside the art world that I that I work in, I'm less interested in making pretty things for the walls than I am with uh, guiding people through a process that allows them to feel that they have accomplished something just even a little tiny accomplishment can be such a very, very powerful, motivating factor for people.
0: At any time, do you think that you had a near-death experience?
3: Well, during this during this attack, mm-hmm. because it was only about six minutes long, I, I, I was driving to the place, I got to the place, I didn't feel bad, Badly, except that when I got out of the car, I started to hear a crackling sound in my lungs. And I thought, what the heck is that? Uh, Within five minutes of that, by the time I walked to the door of the establishment that I was scheduled to be at, I could barely stand up and I could hardly breathe. And as the time went on, my breath became shorter and shorter and shorter. And I reverted to the reptile brain was the only thing that was left for me. I just could not see uh i could only see in one d- dimensional the things became black and white uh for me i did not experience full hypoxia but they said i had a stroke i did not experience anything other than being to the point where if two or three more minutes of that same experience i would have they would have lost me there so that's as near death as i can Rick are you there and the mental atmosphere Yes, I am, sir.
0: Okay, you're breaking up on us, Rick.
3: I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm so sorry. Um, the mental, the, my the mind and the body just mm-hmm. turned into another another uh, entity altogether. It, it became reduced to a single uh, a top and bottom, a, 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 a beam and a and a and a rod, a rod and a you know a, a light and a in yeah. a in a pole. It, it was amazing. So uh, the whole process of me as they as they brought me back to life. And as they, uh, as they uh, stabilized me, was uh, that was an eight-hour experience, which was at least as traumatic as the actual attack itself. So the whole process was uh, white knuckles all the way down uh, to the wire where just one more, two more minutes, three more minutes, I would have uh, lost blood flow to my brain and uh, went unconscious and, and possibly uh, lost my life at that point. So all of these things combined uh, were powerfully spiritual, motivating, spirit, spiritual, but also because I am a conscious of other activities going on in the, in the universe around me, at least I think I am. As I told you a long time ago, I think paranormal is normal. Yep. I mean, there's, there is just so much. The, uh, your, one of your guests, is synch, the synchronicity... Uh, super synchronicity the guy who wrote that book uh, some of the things are, uh, happening e- even as we speak in the world today mm-hmm. just defy you know regular logic and there there is there is other things in, involved in how we are experiencing our lives and how we are interacting with each other so those are the things that came that I came away with and I'm still ha- it's still happening to me because I am so freshly rebuilt remade mm-hmm. it, it, it i don't know I, i'm not sure i'm not sure how else to describe it except that uh, it is a uh, catapulting uh into an into the future i feel younger my skin something happened this experience and i was i'm actually very fortunate that i went through it because we would not have known about my broken valve because i was in such good shape anyways before the accident that's another reason why i had uh a very fast recovery. So all in all, Rob, uh, I will tell you, I'm a very blessed and lucky and, and uh, forward-looking person. I've always been that way, but now it's just... It's a um,
0: You were saying earlier that you were able to prepare yourself to remotely view the operation that, that you went under. How did you prepare for this?
3: Well, you know, as you know, I was um, involved with the Monroe Institute Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I actually have a a, a music uh, album that's released on the Monroe label, Hemisync, and uh, that's available for purchase uh, or for review. It's Rick Borgia, Hemisync, and you can see uh, that particular product there. But when I was involved with, uh, with the Monroe Institute, I got involved with the out-of-body experiences and with exploring other realms of uh, existence that were outside what we would normally call our our world. Mm -hmm. And uh, the remote viewing was simply something that I have done over the years in a number of situations. Uh, There are, for example, the... uh, Malaysian airline that went down I really 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 made an effort to try to locate that particular uh item based upon just sheer concentration what I did for the operation because I was so grateful that I was being cared for in such a high high quality way and I had so much confidence in my surgeon that I uh was able to free myself from any worry or fear. So I was. F- so going into the operation, I was already fearless. I knew they were going to cut me open, and that was probably the biggest thing that I was afraid of, was the scar was being cut, because I've never really been cut open in my life. I, I have all my parts. I have everything. So when I prepared for this remote viewing, what I did was I had about six hours before the operation actually took place and i got I was awakened about four o 'clock in the morning to be brought down and I spent about two hours arranging my my mind and my and my attitude that I would be able to put myself above the operating table ten to fifteen feet above the operating stage to be able to observe my body being handled and and I noticed these some of these characteristics of the operation because I had a bonding I had a bonding experience with my surgeon that was extraordinary I had a bonding experience with my surgeon so if anyone else would have been switched at the last minute I I it might have screwed it up but my surgeon was gave me so much confidence that it would be okay so I was able to just rise above after I went to to uh after they put the anesthetic on me, mm-hmm. I simply I simply moved above my body and observed. Of course, it's not clear, but the memory of it after I woke up really came back to me about two or three days later that I saw the little erector set and how they had the things set up. I've never even seen any of these uh, procedures before, and we can't really see them because you have to go to medical school to, see, to really see all those things. They're not on YouTube, for example. Um, so that's really what happened. It was, it was just a, just a, it's the whole operation. And upon awaking from, from, uh, the operating of 12 hours later, uh, you know, I, I was, I was at peace. I was at peace because I had a new, I had a new lease on life. I had a new lease. I had, I had a chance to, I had a chance to do some things that I still need to do so that is really uh the story that how that remote viewing really just played. the fact that it's possible it that i felt that myself it's possible for me to do that to be able to project my my uh consciousness outside of my body so whether or not that's uh you know we can do, i can't show you a videotape of what yeah. my experiences were we can't there was no audio recording of it there was no uh, there was no news reporters there to to uh, to report on it. So it's really about my own internal process of, of acceptance. All right, Rick, stand by. Of...
0: We've got to take our uh, next break. Okay. Exonation. Nation, Rick Borgia is our guest. www.rickborgia.com. And I'll be back on the other side as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Rick Borgia is our guest, www.rickborgia.com. And Rick, what was it in your life that that drew you to the metaphysical realm and uh, the Monroe Institute?
3: Rob, I grew up in a very unusual world mm-hmm. of dimensional religions, uh, the Catholic religion. I was an altar boy. I strived to connect with Jesus. I strived to connect with God. I was able to sense higher, higher beings uh, around me. I have always been uh, pr- aware that there are uh, spiritual presences. I call them rivulets. Uh, they're floating through the air. Uh, it 's since I was a child i have have recognized that there are other activities going on around me and certainly other people that are not e- extraordinary for me they 're ordinary and so so when any any opportunity I had in my high school and teenage years as I was studying art and i was being in in introduced to other cultures and other uh, other ways of worshiping and other ways of seeing the world and other ways of of experiencing science and 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 meeting where the science and, and spirit meets those are the things that excited me and, and uh, incorporate those into the activities that i 've been involved with um, that 's basically what 's what 's Sets me in my mood of today. What I, what I, where I am at at this moment uh, is a collection of all these, all of these, what normal people would call paranormal. But mm-hmm. I, for me, it's just totally okay. It's really okay. Synchronicities, uh, uh, p- uh, precognition. Precognition for me has been. Throughout my whole life, uh, writing songs twenty-five years ago that are appropriate now, uh, writing passages in my in my journals that are uh, were were uh, forecasting uh, things that are happening in the in the world today, just as a just as a personal commentary for myself. Uh, so so I have the the I have always pursued that, and I've been in the uh, uh, Sanskrit. Uh, study of, of Vedic culture mm-hmm. and some of the, uh, uh, let's say, uh, Indian, uh, Hindi, uh, historical, h- spiritual experiences. So everybody has a different take on it and it all ends up being, to me, it's all the same. It's just different vestments. Uh, the Catholic, Catholics are wearing different clothes than the, uh, than the uh... than the jewish uh... clergy the everybody's just wearing a different it's just different fashion and different uh... different interpretation of the same uh, spirit the same singular power that drives everything that's here for us and all you have to do is you look at nature in any part of the world it's the same It's not it doesn't change the vestments of the nature Uh, It just changes the types of trees that are there. That's all.
0: But how can we relate nature to human beings? You know, we can. How can we? How can we relate uh, the the tree, the flower, the you know the other the other parts of nature that are spread around this planet that are similar? How can we say, well, this is why we humans are the way we are because we're basically. Flowers are basically trees you know like how do, how do we relate to that
3: it's just a different uh, lifespan cycle and the different waves of energy the waves of energy for a, a small creature like a, a very tiny bug made that wave of, of of their lifespan may be only two or three days or maybe even only 20 minutes uh, long where some 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 creatures are you know they're, they're going to last for half. Possibly and certainly, some of the creatures that we call trees mm-hmm. can last for thousands of years, uh, and everything's pulsing with the divine energy or universal energy, as we as we can call it, if uh, you know, however you're disposed. And all those choices of words are um, uh, just arbitrary to me. But if that's the
0: case, Rick, why is there still, after thousands of years, all of the? all the trials and tribulations that humans have with each other that animals and nature do not
3: because it is fun because it is exciting because you- violence is exciting because because violence and and exercising your your physical power has always been the uh show of the masculine energy and the the uh cultivating of the of the caring spirit has always been the sh- the power of the feminine energy and it's enjoyable we don 't have uh it 's enjoyable to go to a sporting match and get so worked up to the level of where you 're actually thinking of doing some harm to your to the opponents on the other s- way because of the because people get jacked up they get their energies their blood gets pumped up through their bodies and their and their their hormones get excited so that is really the reason why we do this it, it seems to me that it's an addiction that um can be t- treated just like any other addiction whether it's a whether it's uh whether it's a sign of honor and it's all mixed up with honor and loyalty and and devotion and it's all mixed up with uh sacrifice and uh and uh, suffering uh so it seems like uh, uh, you know we're de- we're we're destined to to continue these dances because it's first of all now it's become built into the commercial world of our of our lives. The commercial world of our lives is rampant with violence. There's uh, you know it, most most posters that are selling movies have somebody with a gun in their in their hand on that poster for that movie, uh, or some kind of explosion or some kind of something that. Excites the audience because that the more excitement for the audience, the more chance that that commercial radio or that commercial television or that commercial movie is going to be more successful. Yeah, but Rick, how can, how,
0: you know, how can we say that, you know, it's, it's the excitement, it's the adrenaline, it's this, that and the other thing when we've seen so much terror and so much pain for example look what happened the other day in manchester england you had these the, you had this you had this this concert that was filled with children children of uh, you know and what 22 children dead 64 injured 20 of those 60 in critical condition the
3: the the child who did the damage was 22 years old still a child no, still no I, a, I i don't buy still that still a child
0: that's not a child that that that's a monster
3: I, well, that monster there, that, has
0: no there, right being on this earth i'm well, glad he there, blew himself there, up
3: that is well that's that's the that's the reaction that we would we 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 need to have that reaction because of its of its absolute uh hideousness yeah. of of the act the hideousness of it is 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 insane but you really for example you know uh terrorist crimes and I they're really not that uh, I have to think back when I was 22 uh was I you know uh, impressionable could I have jumped over to the uh uh students for democratic society as or any of those uh culty things back in the 60s that were begging for people to jump in on there that were going to tear down the society that was built around us they did not have the same concepts of what what in fact were do, what they were doing, mm-hmm. but I'm not trying to I'm not I don't want anybody to get off the hook for anything. Of course, it's a hideous, most hideous thing in the world for, for somebody to do that. However, there it, there was a method that came that brought that person to that point, and it wasn't logic, and it wasn't, and it doesn't didn't have anything to do with education, and it didn't have anything to do, but it did have something to do with words and propaganda and power and the power of and of the elders the elders that were in control of those ideal ideology so it's elders people who are our age Rob, people who are o- over 50 who are driving this stuff because they are still stuck in their and their youthful uh ab- obliterated uh sense of what what should be happening in the world today the, this is just uh, you know it's absolutely to me it's I can hardly catch my breath from it. The sadness yeah. when when these activi- when these things happen, I feel the spirits of these of these f- individuals. I feel they're, they're floating away from that scene, just floating across the the atmosphere. They they didn't have a chance to even figure out whether or not they should do this or do that. They, with no warning at all, so they had no knowledge. So their spirits were still vibrating and very, very active. They were in the middle of a concert. So those spirits just traveled directly right out of that building and started to go across the land in every direction. So those spirits are floating around. They're they're like little rivulets of of little pockets of, of spiritual air that are just in the atmosphere. We can't see them, but they're affecting. So this is the, you know, to me, every, every, Every stopgap that they could do mm-hmm. seems to be like, what can they possibly do when that when these t- individuals are are so brainwashed or so compelled? I mean, they're they I just can't even imagine what that's like. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine what it's like to to put a knife into somebody. You know, you you and I, we didn't we weren't brought up that way. Nope. We weren't brought up on a violence. You know, uh, violence trumps everything else. Uh, we were brought up to be considerate and to be to be kind and compassionate and to to be helpful uh but that 's not the, the the whole gang you know you, you were is- you were
0: using the example of you know this guy was only twenty two years old you know and and when you were twenty two when i was twenty two I was sitting in a police car wearing a badge protecting people
3: you were you were a you were a policeman so you were you were you matured in the sense that you were you you took up a mantle that was uh, you know, an honor, an honor for you to 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 serve. But you were still, you were there. You were brought up to serve, and you were brought up to be helpful and and protecting people. I think the so fact this, that I
0: wasn't brought up, or my parents weren't brought up in in the desert, in a dead end land with the dead end opportunity, with a dead end religious philosophy, had a lot to do with it as well. We weren't taught hate. Exactly we pr- were taught. That's love. exactly
3: right. Look, yeah. look, 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 what the. Uh, look where the seeds of these things are happening from. Uh, you know, there's, when, let's face it, if, we, if you're up against the wall, we don't know that. We, we don't know that experience. I know the, a, a little bit of that experience because I'm, even with my own family, I know my, a little bit of of that experience by being closed out, by being shut out of decision-making uh, concerning certain elements in, in my family uh, that made me feel desperate and it yeah. made me feel like I could not what, there was nowhere to turn. There was nowhere to turn. So when there's nowhere to turn, what do you do? You're you're vulnerable. You're 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 liable to do something. You're liable to do, engage in risky behavior, put yourself at risk, and pe- other people at risk. We see it every day in the, well, in the uh,
0: you know we've got to take it. We've got to take our final break here, Rick. But all I'm glad is that I was brought up in a Christian house, and we we were taught the Ten Commandments. We went to church. We believed. Our philosophy, religious philosophy, was not one of hate. It was love, compassion, and peace. And I can't understand these people in today's society who think that the right thing to do is to let the hate, the religious philosophies that hate, continue. In fact, to protect them, their rights. Yeah. Uh, We'll be back on the other side of this break, my friend. Don't go away. Okay,
3: my friend. Okay, my friend.
0: Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere,
3: 24-7-365.
5: True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many Indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net.
0: Donation, Rick Borgia is our special guest, Um, Now let's get away from the politics because it just angers hey. me because the I know. the political I know. world has only one thing in mind, and that is to make money. And the only way that they can make money are by opening up the gates and saying, come on in, we want your money. We don't, we'll pay you. And in fact, what politicians do today when they open up the doors to um, to mass immigration, and they feed these people, they house these people, they give them money. They they're a drain on the social system, but what they're doing is the politicians are actually buying votes.
3: Well, it's, uh, you know, as, as you said, let's get away from this politics yeah. because we could spend 100 days in a row and, <laughs> and still not come up with the right, with the right uh, solution other than yeah. uh, being critical of the, of the system that's going on. Well, you
0: see, I, I have a solution. I, I have one, but okay. my government won't listen to me. Okay. <laughs> Close the borders. Close the borders okay. to immigration until you've taken care of every Canadian that is homeless every Canadian that is hungry, every Canadian that needs clothing, every Canadian that needs a better education, before you let anyone else in the country take care of the Canadians first, especially, especially the members of the Canadian Armed Forces. So, there you go. Sure, absolutely. Hey, listen, I love your uh, motto. Tell me what Consumer Lives Matter means.
3: Okay, well, uh, we know what my own philosophy is that just why make any slogans up at all mm-hmm. for for, good, for goodness gracious sakes because slogans help unify people in some kind of uh effort to make a, uh, a a a statement yeah uh and that's really what it is and so when black lives matter was uh in instituted or invented or mm-hmm. created and it caught on it it caught on because of social media social media makes these things did you ever hear of throwback thursdays for example nope no no nope. okay. well on the facebook th- throwback thursdays in other words there's certain things get initiated and then they take off mm-hmm. uh for really only the reason of of the uh, viral social media so, what consumers' lives matter is really at the end of the day, that's really all that matters is because the industry in the commercial world uh, really uh, operates on uh, on, a, on a, the basis of, of profit and making money. And that's good. That's a good thing. But so it's sort of tongue in cheek kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black lives matter? Oh, yes, sure they do. All lives matter. Yeah, exactly. Let's forget about the matter. Yeah. Okay. So, Consumer lives matters. It's my take on it. It's sort of like a Dadaist, uh, mm-hmm. you know. It's a, it's a, it's a sort of a, uh, a pun on on the on the concept. Really, right. maybe it's maybe it's disrespectful. But you know what? I didn't I didn't create it as a disrespectful thing at all. So it's not disrespectful for no. me. It's a pun. Yeah, that's all it you're, is.
0: You're not a disrespectful person, Rick. I, I've known you for years. I respect you. As a person, you're one of the most gifted artists I've ever had the pleasure of meeting, both musically and artistically. You know, so I know that there's not a mean bone in your body and that you do things to help people. You always have, Rick. You always have. And it's so nice to to see that you are still you.
3: It's amazing. (laughs) And you know, I, I do. I I will tell you that it's empowering to speak with you again, Rob. It's empowering and 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 motivational, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you, and I and I felt all along that uh, your your place in this universe that we have right now is so valuable. I love. I you know. I love the programming that you do. I like your investigative style i'm i'm not 100% in, in agreement with you about politics right. that's okay yeah that's really okay because sure. i respect you as a person and i really you know wish the best for you and laura and uh, I, I really hope that uh, you can conti- continue this and that uh, i will be able to day again come on and oh. and bring something of value to your listeners uh that's even you know something that's a great work, let's, let's, let's always, put it that you, way.
0: You always do, Rick. You always okay, do everybody. your positive attitude, your, your inspirational way of looking at life. You know, it, it, that is Rick Borgia. That is Rick Borgia. But let me ask you something, Rick. As an artist, as a, as a thinker, you know, like you're a modern-day philosopher, let's face it, buddy, is social media too powerful,
3: It's, it's, it's so pervasive. You cannot participate in the commercial society without being involved with that. If you want to be away from all this stuff, mm-hmm. and it's possible, you can still do it. You can still go to Maine. You can, there's parts of Montana where you can go, and, <laughs> and you're. And if you get your, if you get your stuff ready, certainly Canada has so many beautiful places that you can go and be away from it all. And it is possible still to do that, but if you're going to live in society, that is a requirement that you are engaged with those kinds of elements, and and to see that the uh, one of the things that you know I I, I, can't, I have to respect Facebook, and I, I'm sorry to use a, a, the name on That's the radio. Okay. I don't know if I'm allowed to sure do that are. or not. Sure,
0: we just gave them uh, a free but, plug. There you go.
3: Yeah, but it's an entity that is 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 so pervasive and that it it. it <laughs> it is a commercial business, mm-hmm. but it, it houses all of this personal, dramatic, emotional information and mode and power. So it's a commercial entity that is in, invested in all of everyone's emotions. Yeah. So it's – that's kind of – I don't know. I'm not sure if these social scientists you know, will weigh in this 15, 20 years from now, if it will ch- – our, our interactive behavior in person, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, will it? I don't know. I, I, I get notices all the time saying whose birthday it was. I forgot I was yeah. this person's friend, you know. Well, I what know I can't somebody... understand,
0: what I can't understand, Rick, is these people who take pictures of what they're eating in a restaurant. I don't give a damn. Like, like, you know, don't you have a life? Is this your cry for attention? Are you a needy person? Do you have mental issues? Like, do you really think that anyone else gives a damn about what the meal that you're going to eat at the restaurant looks like?
3: Get a life! Depends upon the stature or the status of that person in relationship to their friends. Whether or not they are respected for their choices... Whether or not they're respected for their influence, whether or not they're respected for their uh, their camaraderie, mm-hmm. so it's really it, it, it it's really an activity that and it does not it's not necessary. If it, if it disappeared tomorrow, the world would not be a sadder place. It would not be a a more terrible place. Right. It's simply a device, just like all of the, you know. But our we are a part of a device too. We are the beginning. The radio is the beginning of the device, but the radio is still the strongest the strongest component of Mm -hmm. all media. Radio is still the strongest component of all media because of the nature of what it is. It's human voices speaking without any visual information, which allows the listener to make up their own visual information that goes along with that voice. And that's the radio. And the radio still is so powerful and influenced our whole election in this country last year. Gigantic. I mean, forget about it. So, you know, I, I I have to say, you know, we we didn't invent these things. Mm-hmm. They came along because technology is just developing uh, at a, such a rapid pace. And then all you have to do is now you can go to a store. Rob, you and I can go to a store and buy an HD camera equipped drone for like $100 mm-hmm. and be able to fly it over our neighbor's home and take videos (laughs) for less than $100. Now, we have this technology available to us. What do the guys who have billions of dollars, what technology is available to them?
0: That is a great question. You know, years ago I had Pastor Harry Walther on the show, and he said, Rob, people believe the mark of the beast is 666. He said they are wrong. The mark of the beast is WWW.
3: I'm going to laugh at that one. I'm not going to cry, but uh, I, I, I that's a pretty that's a pretty profound uh, that's pretty profound that's for sure. But what what, However, is,
0: what is science telling us? You know, like we've got smartphones, we have smart cars, we have smart TVs, we have smart this, we have smart that. I truly believe that smart cars make dumb drivers. Because it dumbs the senses, I people walking down the street looking at their iPhone instead of where they're going, walking into bloody uh, lampposts it's or a, into buildings. It's a, it's, Come a, it's, on.
3: A, it's a phenomena that is just going to continue in the, uh, the opposite way, and it's also given me a thought. You, you know how the depiction of alien uh, alien life, uh, especially some of the Roswell, the depiction of the long fingers. Mm-hmm. And the big eyes. Yeah. Well, those long fingers and those big thumbs with those big pads on them. Those were all developed because they needed to push buttons. The big eyes (laughs) needed to be able to see those screens. Everywhere we go, there are screens now. Everywhere we go, we got screens in our hands, screens at McDonald's, screens at the gas station, screens, 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 screens. Everywhere we go, there's speakers firing down from above our heads. Except
0: we don't have screens here to let us know that we can have more time, Rick. We're out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. (laughs) And uh, we'll get you that link as soon as we can. Exonation Nation, Rick Borgia has been my guest. www.rickborgia.com I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue. Here in the Exxon from our broadcast center right here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.